Hello and welcome to The Winning Formula, our brand new and hopefully your new favourite Formula One podcast. We started this podcast as part of our university course, but now we're taking things independent and growing this on our own, and we'll be releasing new episodes every single Thursday. Today, though, we're kicking things off with a bit of a 2021 season preview, running through every team over the course of the next hour, and stick around for the end for what are some boringly real as well as bold, and some frankly bizarre season predictions. Welcome to the Winning Formula, our brand new Formula One podcast. My name is Oliver Hampson. I'm delighted to be joined for episode one by Joe Thomas and Max Maybe. Gents, how are we doing today knowing that we're just days away from the 2021 F1 season starting? The hype is building now, isn't it? It's race week. I usually, it happens every year to me, the off-season comes around and I sort of lose interest and you get all this news coming out throughout the off-season, but I sort of lose interest in it, don't really care. And then when Drive to Survive comes out, that's why I know the hype is getting ready, the hype is coming. And now, yeah, race week, I can't wait. Yeah, same. The um, It starts for me when the when the liveries come out. you sort of got mid-February, end of February, the liveries come out, then testing. Now we've got Drive to Survive, which we've all binged, I think. Um, and I, I can't wait for this weekend now to get started. Yeah, I think we drive to survive. I think I've got one episode left. I, I, can't, I think it's episode 10. I, the last one I watched was the Grosjean episode. Yeah. And I watched that one in work and I just sat in the breakout room like, wow. Tough to watch that one. Tough yeah. to watch. But yeah. overall, just a, considering I think they had to have a bit more of a skeleton crew making it, there was obviously they couldn't cover everything. So there are some bits they missed out. But overall, given the circumstances with coronavirus, I think they did a really, really good job. They, I think I enjoyed this one the most. Oh, it really I, even though it has it's built up my hype for the season, I think this has been my least favourite. Really, I haven't. I still haven't finished it yet. But I found this one more than the others. They've sort of the the constructedness of it have come through. I the episode I finished last night. I had at the end of it Will Buxton going. Last year, you know, Signs and Lando were good friends, but not this year. I think anyone who watches F1 knows that Sainz and Lando are still pretty good friends. And <laughs> yeah. so the stuff like that has sort of been annoying me. It's been going around, I think, in episode eight. They get some audio of Stroll turning into Lando and they put it over a clash between Sainz and Lando. And they try and make it look like those two aren't friends anymore. Do you think they've taken it too far with the, with the overdramatic, yeah. overdramatic? Yeah, I don't mind a bit of it. But mm. when you're taking stuff from a completely different fight and trying to create this fake stuff, that stuff annoys me. I think if you're a proper diehard F1 fan, I think sometimes it can get a little bit annoying because you know you know this stuff isn't true. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that, that I um, listened to after Drive to Survive fin- when I finished watching that was an interview with Max about why he wasn't in it or wasn't in it as much as, as some of the other drivers. And he was said exactly the same thing. He hates the way that they... You might say something in one sentence talking about one thing, but they'll clip that and they'll make it that you've got a massive rivalry or you've got or whatever. It's um, so yeah. Uh, the season one was great because it was all about behind the scenes and it was all new and it was mm. they hadn't developed mm. that over dramatic thing. I mean, there is still Netflix, so there was a certain amount of that. But um, I still enjoyed this year. I mean, it's still um, oh, don't get me wrong. I do yeah. really enjoy it and seeing all the cars on track, seeing you know the drivers that does get me excited mm. for the season. I start thinking, oh yeah, okay, F one's coming. But it does it does just wind me up a little bit sometimes when you're thinking, hang on a sec, I I watched that race and I know Didn't that that wasn't what happened like that. Like that. Yeah. I can understand why they do it to bring in you know the other fans, people who don't watch every race, but it does it does annoy me a little bit. Yeah, the signs Norris thing, that one I did notice when I was watching is like that's not really true. Mm. They may have a bit more of a rivalry because Lando's obviously a bit more experienced and they're both fighting for 
position. But, you know, the entire year, they basically know the science is going. So it's not really going to amount to much. Um, but overall, I, I genuinely enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the opening with Australia because I think that it really reminded me of how little we knew of coronavirus one year ago. You see fans kicking off and everyone's sort of like making, like even one of the first things that said is Daniel Ricciardo making a joke about it, saying that if you drink Corona, you're immune to it. Mm. And then like a year later, we're thinking, we're still racing in very, very difficult circumstances. Everyone's getting tests. Even the F1 team's being told by Bahrain, if you want to be vaccinated here, you can. But I just thought it was really good. And like we said, the, the Grosjean episode, that was tough to watch. But I thought the way that they, when they show the crash, how long it takes for them to then show him yeah. getting out of the car, it kind of just re replicates. That's how long it felt. Hmm waiting for us to actually see it which might be the angle they were going for there were a lot of people there were a lot of complaints about it that i saw that saying that like for anyone who didn't know that he was out it's that it's them going through the same thing we went through when we watched it live but that's probably why they've done it i guess because what was it 20 seconds or something like that before he got out of the car but they made like we had to wait what felt like you know 10 20 minutes before we found out that he was okay but mm. they do a similar thing with um one of Leclerc's crashes in Monza when he goes off. Mm. That sort of was just a sort of 10... When you watch that clip, he goes off and within 10 seconds he's on the radio saying, I'm okay. But they drag it out to about a minute or it feels like about a minute. So I guess, yeah, they're probably trying to recreate that feeling. But, you know, it's it's movie making, isn't it? They're trying to make it oh, entertainment. Yeah. They showed that crash about three or four different times in that series in yeah. series as well. Yeah, so I, I suppose as well there is an element of them trying to capture new fans as well which is what we're probably trying to do as well just need to point out as well we are still in coronavirus time so we're having to record this with the windows opening so if you see not see if you hear anything in the background such as ladders <laughs> or even pigeons which i've noticed have appeared right outside as well uh we do apologize for the audio quality nothing we can really do about it though pigeons but are friends friends of the show pigeons are friends of pigeons are government spies <laughs> Was that <laughs> anyway 2021 season is upon us so what we're going to do is we're going to go through every single team t touch on a few topics and just basically get you all excited for Bahrain this weekend so we'll start in reverse order we'll go from the team the constructor who finished last last year that is Williams boys can they get off bottom I think they can I actually I'm, I'm quite confident about Williams beating Haas this year I think they'll Okay, they'll scrape a few points. I think, yeah, Russell will have matured a bit more. I think, you know, Latifi will have matured a bit more. I think the hash drivers, they're bringing in some new people. I think, you know, if they can get some points early on, they need to do it in the first sort of few races while Haas is still finding their feet. But I think they have got a good chance of, you know, just beating them. Yeah, I'd agree. I think I think Williams are going to have a much better year next year. Than, and, and they've... Speaking of drive to, drive to survive, actually, I think it was very disappointing that we didn't get much of the Williams family leaving or anything of the Williams family leaving. But with that, obviously, comes new ownership and new um, more money coming in. And, and I think that will start to take this Williams name, uh, this Williams team back up the grid. Um, like you said, George will have another season under his belt. I think, yeah, I, I can see them even scraping Alfa Romeo even. I think... Well, I think they're probably looking at about eighth, eighth or so for this year. Mm. I'll say, if you think about it, it's not. There's three seasons in a row they finished tenth, but it's not too far away from them being a midfield team. No. Was it 2017? They finished fifth overall. Like you said, George Russell as well. He, do you think that driver Mercedes is going to give him confidence? Because there were times last year in a Williams that he was pushing for points. There was one time where he looked like he was going to get it, but he binned it behind a safety car. 
But do you think that he's going to come in now thinking, well, this is a year to prove that I'm worthy of a Mercedes seat in the next one, two seasons? You hope that that happens, but there's also the worry that that driving the Mercedes just frustrates him in the Williams even more. You know, once you've had that taste of it, does he go back to Williams and sort of thinking, oh, God, I have to keep going around in this now? You know, it's not it's not hard. Be it's not easy. Sorry, being the your last car on the grid is tough mentally to keep doing that every week. Once you've had that taste of the Mercedes, that might be harder for him. I don't know, but yeah, you hope that he comes in with that new hunger and sort of wants to prove himself, get those few points on the board, get that first you know point in the Williams. Yeah, I I think I, I look at it a little bit differently. I think that see, that chance that George had in the Mercedes would only drive him on. To prove, I think he's done enough for me personally to prove that he, he deserves that seat anyway. He's, he's wiped the floor with his teammate Williams um, for the last two years, and I think uh, other than getting the point, there's not much else he could have done um, for that team. And I think having that taste of the Mercedes at the end of last year will will make him even more determined then to to perform this year to prove so, so, so that it isn't a decision to be made for 2022 that that, that seat has to be his. So that's what I was going to bring on to. Is this his last year in Williams? I mean, you touched on his way there as well. There's going to be an element of frustrations knowing that he's gone from that one driving the Mercedes where he, you know, if it wasn't for a really dodgy pit stop, he probably would have won. And he's going back to a, a car that he's going to have to really fight for points. He's also going to look at guys like Lando Norris, who's probably going to be regularly in the points thinking, I'm better than you. Is this a case now that he's just got to sit out patiently for one year in the Williams Hope that Hamilton maybe doesn't come back after his one year or maybe take Bottas' seat next year. You can't say in F1. I mean, yeah, but also how many times have we seen a great driver be at a smaller team, think he's going to go to a big team and just it never quite materialises or whatever, or they go to a big team and they flop. Or, so, I don't know, you can't tell. I wouldn't want to say that he's not going to be at Williams next year at the moment. I could see him there for another two, three seasons, to be honest, if things don't go his way. You never really know. But then you never know with regulation changes, Williams might be at the front of the grid next year. Exactly. So. I mean, you only need to look at Ocon as well. So, you know, Ocon's a Mercedes um, youth programme driver or whatever it, whatever this is called. Um, and he himself would have felt like that it was his seat. Um, Same with Van Dorn. The, Van exactly. Dorn came to McLaren, battled yeah. with Alonso, was beating him on track that year. Mm. Next season, couldn't replicate it. And then now he's... You know, gone, not yeah. even on the grid. Yeah, exactly. So, it, like you know, it is hard to say. And with the, like you said, with the um, with the regulations and stuff, Mercedes might not be as strong as as, as they have been. I suppose that's the hope. That's why the regulations are in in mm. the first place. Um, but yeah, imagine he goes to Mercedes and then they're at the and back then of the grid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't, like the irony of that. Um, but I think if if you look if you were looking at next year being similar to this year, I'd say George. I I, I would say George would be out of that Williams. I think this is his last, probably his last year. Well, hopefully it's the last year that he's really having to battle for those points. One team, though, that are definitely going to have to battle for points, and me personally, I don't think are going to get any, is Haas. Um, a lot of controversy around the team and the choice of one of their drivers. Going with two rookie drivers, though, I'm interested. Is this a risk, or is this something that they have to do financially? They, they need the money. Obviously, Mazepin brings in a load of money in terms of actual sponsors, in terms of, you know, some dodgy deals maybe on the side, but we can't say <laughs> that. Allegedly. <Okay>. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, Mick is bringing in the money in terms of fans, in terms of, you know, people are going to be buying Mick Schumacher merchandise. He's got a massive following, obviously, because of his father. I think, you know, that is completely a financial decision. They're not their, 
not that they're bad drivers, but I think it's not really the way you go if you want to progress, bringing in two rookies. I think, like I said, they're going to find a few races to find their feet. But Gunther, I think he's a great team boss. I think if anyone can get two rookies into shape, he'll be able to do it. Yeah. The episode of um, Drive to Survive with them um, talking about this this driver I, th- I thought was fascinating. And it's almost like the decision was taken out of their hands. So Haas almost folded last year with all of the um, coronavirus stuff happening, that they were struggling to, um, to, to fund the team. And Gene Haas wanted to pull out, saying they needed to get sponsors and stuff. So Gunther's gone and done that. He's gone and got that money. Um, like, like you said, Max, I mean, they're talented drivers. Less, I mean, Mick has this famous uh, surname, but he's still F2 champion and he's won He's won all his life so far. Everywhere he's been, he's pretty much won everything up to this stage. And even, I know, there's obviously not going to go into the controversy around Mazepin. Mm. I know he's had some dodgy stuff in the past in terms of his driving, pushing drivers off the track. But I think because of his controversy off the track, people are judging his racing a lot more than is really true. People are making out like he's this awful driver and that every race he's going to be wiping out half the grid. That's not true. He he is a good driver. He got to Formula 2, you know. He is still yeah. a decent driver. So I think, you know, there maybe there'll be a few little things where he's racing hard, but wasn't that happening with Magnussen before where exactly. he was racing super hard? I mean, I think I'm going to try and judge him on the track as opposed to off it. We all have our opinions of him off it. Um, yeah. None of them are massively positive. Um, but at him as a driver, I think I think Formula One, I think the grid needs a little bit of a combat, you know, one of these mm. combative drivers. Max, when he came in, was it was massively exciting to watch because he got his elbows out. And the season where Bottas really tried to take it to Hamilton, he got his elbows out, and it was really entertaining to watch. Some something, um, some of the drivers on the grid, I think, can be a little bit too nice at times, a bit too much space or something. Although, you know, the the, the midfield battle last year was decent in all fairness, but. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough year for them, the two rookies. It's not going to be easy to develop that car. Well, you've touched on, well, you both touched on it there as well, actually. They say what you want about Mazepin, but they are both there because they were in the conversation of being Formula One drivers because they, were, they are good enough to potentially progress. Is this, a, is this a good investment for Haas for the future? If they can keep these drivers for the next three, four years, if they can get that sponsorship, if they can get a bit more money behind them, they're developing two young but potentially maybe not world champion level but two very competitive guys yeah absolutely i mean they're part of the ferrari program as well aren't they they use the ferrari engine so you wouldn't be surprised if you see mick leaving to get in that red car but yeah if they can get those two drivers you keep them a long-term plan i don't see why not they're you know they could both develop really well if they can get a good engine in there you know yeah, regulation think, changes, you never know what's going to happen. I think what's really going to help them, and the same goes w- with Williams, what's really going to help them is this budget cap that comes in. Is they're going to be li- they're going to more or less be playing on a level playing field with these big guns. And I think, um, you know, having that investment and, and, and an experienced, you know, the, the driver lineup might not necessarily be the most experienced, but behind the scenes, the, the, you know, they've got five, six, seven years of, of, of hardly any turnover of staff. So they're starting to find their feet. They've got the knowledge from Ferrari as well, the Ferrari engine and things like that. So there's, 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 a, there's potential for them to, to, to start moving up the grid for sure. Well, we are going to be rattling through these teams. We've got eight more to get through. So as you can still hear pigeons flying around in the background, they're really starting to annoy me now. Um, we're going to move over to Alfa Romeo. Haas changed both the drivers. Alfa Romeo stuck with them. Was that, was that Forso when Haas signed Mick? Were they, were they going to be stuck with their guys? I don't know. I think it's a bit of an odd lineup for Alfa Romeo, to be honest. I think 
Giovinazzi, we know he had a, a lightning start last year. You, I think it was every race that he made a place or something. Yeah, it was very close yeah, to every he's race. Great off the line, fantastic off the line, but then sort of tailed off. Kimi is Kimi. You know, we all love Kimi, but it's. I don't know if they're looking at this year as a bit of a. Well, next year's the big one, mm. so it's. I, I'm I'm still surprised that Mick didn't go to Alfa Romeo to, to or if the Ferrari didn't push that to be alongside Kimi for a year. And I think it had something to do with Giovinazzi having already signed that deal. He was the he was the sort of the the the, the man in the middle there that that stopped every stop everything from falling into place. But um, I think it's going to be a tough year for Alfa Romeo. To be honest, I, d- I don't really see how they get better than they have been. You know, I don't see them go, going any further up up the order. Yeah, I don't want to insult any Alfa Romeo fans, but they're the team I always forget about. Really, yeah. they just sort of. For me, in my head, they're just kind of making up numbers at the moment. I, you know, I'd love to see them do well. I wouldn't be opposed to Kimi getting on the podium again or something, but I don't really see it happening. They're just sort of filling in numbers for me at the moment. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from. That I, whenever you are tasked with it, it's always different. When you put under pressure, it's like, oh, you got 30 seconds to name every single 10 uh, teams and all 20 drivers. I'm probably going to be naming Alfa Romeo last and probably Giovinazzi last as well, mm. if I name them at all. But I think that, like you said, it's a huge drop from them last season. They went from 57 points in 2019 to eight points last year. It's not likely to improve this year. Is it just a case of we've, we've, got, to have, we've got to race this year, let's just wait for the regulations and go from there? I think so. I think that's probably... I don't know, obviously. I'm sure they'll want to do a lot better this year, but I don't see anything other than that for, for Alfa Romeo. I think they have to be looking at next year and and maybe just sort of grin and bear it for for this year and, and, and put all of the effort into um, jumping up the order for 2022. I don't know the details of Kimi's um, contract with them, but I, I would be inclined to say get rid of him at the end of this year. I love the guy, mm. but bringing someone new someone fresh i think that's what they need to do yeah i think it'll i think it'll be i agree i think it'll be new era stuff for next year i think it, mm. i don't think alfa romeo will be the only team looking at next year thinking well this is a start of something completely different yeah, and exactly. i mean what is he now 41 42 kimmy yeah, 41 so he's he's had a good career bless him but it's i think it's uh, he's probably looking at the other end of that now yeah and it was 20 years ago that he made his debut in formula one as well obviously he probably would have had a bit more um race success if he didn't have that break for the rally mm. um but yeah, I agree. I think that Kimi, he's one of those guys that he's part of the furniture of F1. It's going to be weird when he goes, but I think that we do have to start looking at I think it's the same he with, is going to be soon. I think it's the same with Fernando when he left the mm. first time. You know, he was one of these talisman of Formula One. So it was he had a huge send-off, didn't he, at Abu Dhabi, um, Fernando. And um, yeah, it's going to be strange. It's going to be strange seeing Formula One without Kimi in it. But I think that time is sort of uh, upon us. Yeah, we'll come, we'll come back to Fernando Alonso a little bit later on. We're going to move on to our next team. They finished, uh, if my math is correct, seventh in the constructors last year. My math is usually not correct, so please don't go at me if I'm wrong about that. But Alpha Tauri, I don't know why I'm really excited by them this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. so am I. I don't know. I, I think I'm really on board with them. I think they've got two drivers that I'm really excited by, really looking forward to. I don't know if either of you read the piece that yeah. uh, Gasly put out the other day talking about his experience at Spa with really um, emotional. Antoine. But yeah, wow, what a like, head he's got on his shoulders, what a mature mindset to have. I think he could be really, really good this season. We saw him get that um, get that win at Monza last year, which was incredible. I'm so glad that he got that. I'm really excited to see him. And Yuki Sonoda has been looking so good in uh, F2. 
excited to see him as well. I'm really excited for those. Well, we'll come back to Gazi because I want to go to Yuki Tsunoda first because I don't watch too much F2, so I don't really know that much about him. What type of driver is he? What can I really expect from him? Fast. If I, yeah, he is. He's quick. He's um, and he's good with his placement of his car. He'll he'll. I see in him the driver that will be thinking a lap ahead or, or two laps or four corners ahead. He'll he won't be. He'll plan his moves really well, um, so that he's not. He's not a messy driver. He's so good with his planning of, of where he's going to put his car and stuff that he can he'll make overtakes look easy. I think at times um, d- during this season, um, and I think, like you said, Max, I think this this driver lineup is probably one of the most exciting on the grid for me. Mm. Um, Gasly matured so much over last year um, after everything that happened at Spa and and his Red Bull drive, and uh, and then obviously being demoted back down into. Um, into the AlphaTauri, I think he matured so much last year, and he was one of my drivers of the year last year. Yeah. Um, well, when he lost that seat to Albon, you can imagine what he would have been thinking at that point. Like, you know, you think you never want to take a step backwards in Formula One. You always want to keep building forward. But then, if you'd found out the next year he's going to have a drive and Albon isn't, exactly. I mean, it's funny how Formula One works sometimes, isn't it? But um, I think he had a brilliant year last year, and I think he's he's only going to go, uh, you know, keep stepping up. I think. Well, I'm sure we'll touch on this a little bit more later on, but with Albon going to the reserve driver in Red Bull, obviously that shows the Red Bull, uh, they've got a, a bit of faith in him to go, right, sit this year out, you weren't quite up to what we needed, you'll still get time in the car, you'll still get practice sessions. To me, it seems a Red Bull are saying, you are our guy, just not right now. Gasly did obviously, obviously didn't get that treatment. Do you think, though, this opens Gasly's eyes to think, well, if he's having a year out, I've got a year to show why you shouldn't even bring him back? I think that I'm glad you brought up the piece you wrote in the Players' Tribune because I thought that was just a really, really good piece of writing from him. It just shows a, a level of maturity. Mm. Yeah, and he it, talks it, about it, how, you know, he was driving there and he didn't quite feel like he fit in. He found it really tough. But having that year when he got knocked down to sort of, you know, readjust his mindset, that really helped him. Maybe the same sort of thing will happen to Albon. It seems to be that second driver's seat is pretty cursed at the moment. Whoever comes in there can't compete because of the resources they're giving to Max. Yeah, I think Gasly, all Gasly can do is is drive the wheels off that car like he did last year. Um, I think he will, and I th- and I think he will. Yeah, um, and what happens after that? Whether you know they were, I was reading something on on my way here actually that um, there are a lot of rumours that Alpine are looking at him um, for next year. You know, French driver, French French manufacturer, match made in heaven, perhaps. Mm. Um, so th- I wonder if he has a good year this year if he doesn't get the. Like where his mindset is then is like, is he going to have to move out of this Red Bull program and, and find his career elsewhere? Yeah, I think this is a real deciding year for him. I think I think for him it's Red Bull next year or sabotage, go elsewhere, but stay in Form- Formula 1, obviously. Um, that will just move us on then to the team that finished sixth last year. I can't believe I'm even saying this. Ferrari. It can't... It, it has to get better. It, it can't get worse, can it? I honestly have no idea what to expect from Ferrari this year. They could come back of the grid or they could knock in a few, you know, they could win a few races. I honestly don't know what's going to happen to them. It's a really, really, really strange one. I mean, I've been a long-term Ferrari fan since the 98 days when I first started watching Formula 1. I've always had an affinity to them. And it's it wasn't that long ago that they were battling Lewis for the for the championship 2018, obviously, before Seb um, crashed at Hockenheim. So what's happened over the last year or two has, has been really, really hard to watch. And like I said, Max, I don't see it getting all that much better, to be honest, this year. I think this year is another one of those, uh, I think Ferrari are another one of those looking at this year and thinking, bit of a write-off, let's make sure that we're competitive. Well, you mentioned there 
hard to watch. The bit of Drive to Survive with Ferrari, looking at Seb... Were very hard to watch. They were hard <laughs> to watch. I, I just sat there just thinking, fuck, I would not want to be a Ferrari driver. It just looks... They it, see, from what I saw, it, it really seems so much more focused on the brand and mm. the image and everything like that than the actual car. Yeah. There seemed to be no points where they were talking about, you know, you don't see them in debriefs or anything like that. I'm sure they are doing it. But it seems so much of it was about press appearances and interviews and making sure you're going out and putting on the... Like, well, after he crashed at one race, they said, make sure you don't smile too much today. Yeah, no jokes or anything like yeah, that. And, and it's like, Seb oh. just seems sort of confused, but he's like, well, why, why would I not be making jokes, you know? Mm. The whole environment of that team seems so strange to me. Um, but they're, at the moment, they've got one of the, you know, most exciting driver lineups on the grid. I think Sainz and Leclerc, aside from AlphaTauri, that's probably my favourite lineup on the grid at the moment. So I'd love to see those two drivers do well. But the team they're in is not the team that I want to see them in no, at the moment. Exactly. And uh, the, in terms of the driver lineup, I think Sainz coming in, Penny for his thoughts when, when the season ended last year and McLaren finished third and Ferrari finished sixth. You know, a bit too late then to, to move out of that contract. Well, but well, I think I said in our group chat at one point, it's like, it must, must have got to a point where Sainz is thinking, am I actually taking a step backwards here? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure the thing, the, the thought crosses his mind. But every young driver's dream is to drive for Ferrari. So mm. I think you've got, he's, he's clinging onto that for sure. That feeling of, okay, it's, yeah, they're a team that sort of slipped down to the midfield, but I'm driving a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah if you think F1, you think Ferrari. You yeah. think Michael Schumacher. Mm. That, that red car is iconic. That's the one that you want to be in. But just maybe not right now. There's a great quote in Drive to Survive where they say, ask a child to draw a car and he'll make it red. red. Yeah, exactly. And I think if any team can bounce back from a really shit year, to be honest, let's be honest, it was awful last year, um, it'll be them. You know, and they've and um, there might be a few changes that need to be made. Well, they probably are, but um, they will get back to the front and hopefully it'll be this year. But I, I assume, I, I predict, we'll be waiting until um, until next year and beyond for them to be back at the front of the grid. Well, as well, they, they've obviously got a lot of faith in Charles Leclerc. They gave him that big contract. But bringing in Carlos Sainz as well, who's he's not an old guy. He's been around a while, but he's not an old guy. He's still got potential to get even better. Is this Leclerc's team and Sainz going to be the second driver? Or, or do you think it's going to be a case of, we'll see what happens over the first few races, and then we'll decide who our first guy is? Because I think last year it was very clear that it was Leclerc, not Seb. I don't know. I think... I don't think Ferrari are really going to care who the first driver. Like I don't. I think the car will struggle so much that it's not really going to make much of a difference. You may as well just let them drive, and then if next year become like let this year be that competition, if you will. Then and then and then if the car's competitive next year, you might have a bit more of a decision to make. But if the car's not competitive, I don't think it really matters mm. who, the, who that first driver is because they're not really going to be competing for wins. I really hope Signs can take the flight flight to Leclerc more than Seb did. I do have a slight worry that because Leclerc's had that year in there already, or two years there, is it? Two, yeah. He will be more used to the car. I can see the first few races, I wouldn't be surprised if Leclerc is getting, you know, P6, P5 in quality, and Sainz isn't even getting on Q2. Yeah, but you'll get used to it. I mean, yeah. it'll develop over the year. It'll be 100%. interesting to see how they compare to each other at the end of the year um, versus at the beginning. But I think, I think we got to be careful not to jump on signs back too quickly because I really don't think he'll be keeping up with Leclerc those first few, no. first few weeks. No, I'd agree with you. And I, I, I mean, Charles Leclerc is one of my favourite drivers on the grid, full stop. And I, um, you know, the contract was massive. That, you know, no one's ever had a five-year contract extension in Formula 1, so it's a huge leap of faith from Ferrari to give him one, to give him that. But um, it's a very, very exciting partnership, and I, I can only hope that the team give, a, give them both a car to, uh, to perform in. 
Again, just to point out, we are having to record this with the windows open because of coronavirus, so apologies for any background noise. Hopefully, that changes soon, but that's a completely different conversation that doctors and scientists are having to have, not me, luckily. So that is a good segue into Alpine. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's a good segue. Anyway, Alpine, Fernando Alonso's back. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. yeah. Good rookie. Rookie that I'm looking forward to this season. Um, yeah. I like Fernando Alonso. I don't know if he should be in Formula One. I completely agree. He's an, like I said it earlier, he's an absolute icon of the sport and, and a huge part of where Formula One has been over the last 15, 20 years. Um, but we've got a huge pool of incredibly talented young drivers and not enough cars to give them. So should he be back? I don't, you know, after two years out and you pretty much fell out of love with it at the, at the end of his last year or two at McLaren anyway. So I, I don't know. I mean, getting Alonso back in that car and in that team, the Renault team as it, as it was, obviously has a sort of bit of a match in it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Max. I think uh, that drive should have gone to somebody else. Yeah, I think podcasts work a bit better when people disagree, but I'm going to have to massively agree <laughs> with both of you. I think the Alonso icon of the sport, great legacy, Leave it there. Let one of the younger guys come through. But you mentioned it earlier. Um, Gasly could be there next year. Maybe this is, maybe that was a plan. Maybe they thought that Gasly's going to stay in AlphaTauri for one more year and give that Red Bull seat a go. And if he doesn't get it, then he's our guy next year. Um, but the one guy they do have, the young guy, Esteban Ocon. Obviously, Alonso brings his reputation. He brings a lot of fans as well. Ocon, he's again, he's one of those guys who is kind of forgetful. He had that year out. Um, and then came back last year with Renault. Was the last year he came back? I think so. Mm, yeah. Maybe the year before. I don't know. He he's easily forgotten, obviously. Yeah, exactly. He's easily forgotten. And especially as well, easily forgotten podium. Mm, yeah. In Sakia. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, overshadowed in that one. Really. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I don't think it was easily forgotten. I think it was just massively overshadowed by, by Force India. Someone racing who, point. Yeah. yeah, someone who we're going to get on to later because I'm really excited by him. But does Esteban Ocon need to basically just come into this season and say, I'm the young guy, I'm the one who your future is with, not Fernando, invest in me, I'm your guy? Yeah, I think so. French guy, French team, French team boss. I think it makes sense to you know invest in him, have him sort of become the face of French motorsport at the moment. I think Gasly will probably take that throne from him because he is the better driver. But yeah, I, you know that, that is, should be their plan, I think. Get Fernando Alonso out of there. I think it it sets itself it sets itself up quite nicely if Fernando does only do this one year because you could, you could be a French team with two French drivers in for twenty twenty two. But mm. looking at this year, I think it's a huge year for Ocon. Like you said, we've, he, it's he's easily forgotten on the grid sometimes, and he's going to be up against one of the greatest names in Formula One, in, certainly in recent times. Um, who's obviously been out of the sport for two years, so it's it's a big big year for him. But at the same time, it's a great learning curve for him, maybe, to, to, to learn, to pick the brains of, of a two-time world champion. You know, that's another aspect that we might not necessarily think about, is that he could be coming in to learn from Fernando Alonso. Just a side note for that team, I refuse to call them Alpine. I will maybe call them Alpine, but probably Renault. Yeah, it, they'll be Renault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think. And the team we're going to get on to next, so it's going to take a couple of races to get used to that change of name. But I think it's more of a, a well-known name, so I think that one will be an easier transition. But Ocon, 24 years old. Uh, I like your point you made there. I hadn't even thought of that. Flando Alonso coming in, that's a guy with a lot of experience. Ocon can really, really learn from him. I didn't even think about that. Mm. And it, it goes back to what I said earlier about Mick and, and Kimi. You know, if, you're gonna, if, you're, if you've got a young driver you really believe in, partner him up with someone who knows what they're doing. 
And we all know that Fernando is an incredible driver. My so worry is that Fernando is not the uh, most forthcoming teacher, shall we say. I don't know yeah. if Fernando's going to be sitting down with Ocon and teaching him the ropes. I think he's more going to be stick to himself and play the mind games. Quite possibly. And, you know, it's he's a very, very competitive driver, isn't he, Fernando? And it's very passionate. And I don't think he's going to just sit down and, and let Ocon take all of the glory. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a great opportunity to, to learn from um, from one of the best that we've seen for a while. Well, going from a double world champion to a four-time world champion, Sebastian Vettel has joined what used to be Racing Point, it's now Aston Martin. Uh, first of all, let's touch on the livery, because I know that you guys were... Were you both a fan of it? I I'm, really like it. I really don't. I No, I don't. Oh, I really it's the like green. It. I like that the green's back. I like, ra I like the British racing green, but I, it's... Oddly, the wrong shade of green. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, just it looks doesn't like, quite was it, Weller hairspray that my mum used to use? <laughs> it just looks like one of them driving at 200 miles an hour. <laughs> I, I really I like know. it. I'm, I'm looking forward to them a lot. Yeah, I'm really excited by this team. Um, I think the pressure's off for Seb. You'd have had a horrible year with Ferrari where everything seemed to go wrong for him and only him, where Charles had a much better way of things in a still in a poor car, but Charles got the better of it. Um, pressure's off for him and I think he can really go in and just be Seb and he can make his jokes and he can enjoy himself and he can and he's in a team that will give him that freedom to do so yeah and I think as well one thing that we've said before is um, like in our group chat is Monza last year when he goes out in Q1 you just see him just stood there watching all the cars and you can see that's a man who, who loves the sport mm. he just doesn't love the situation he's in right yeah. now and like I said the pressure's off him going to uh, Aston Martin nearly called them racing point Aston Martin with Lance Stroll as well, who I think he's starting to, you know, look pretty good. Hmm. But I think Lance has grown on a lot of people recently. I think yeah. when he first came in, he was sort of this rich kid, and then his dad bought the team, and everyone was like, oh, he's just bought his way in. But I think he has started to prove that he can drive pretty well. I'm sort of coming around to him. He's, you know, he's got a bit of personality on the radios and in the interviews. I don't know. I think they could be a really good lineup together this year. I'm. I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, I think they've done a really good job with Lance's image in, in letting him be his own person. He's not just Lawrence's son who gets to be in any seat that his dad buys, um, that pays for. Um, his, his pole position in Turkey last year was immense in, in a, in a, on a track that no one had grip on. Um, and I think, yeah, I think he's, he's turning heads of a lot of people that doubted him at first um, to being a, a solid driver. And it's a solid partnership between those two. And I, I, I'm quite excited by, um, by Aston Martin this year. Do you think as well that having Seb as his teammate means that he can fly under the radar a little bit more? Pressure's off both of them, really, this year. Seb, everyone's just excited to see him back in the car and loving driving. Then Lance is like, oh, everyone's looking at Seb. I can just quietly go about my business. Mm. And going around to what we said with Ocon and Alonso, I think, if, I think Seb's going to teach Lance a lot more than Alonso would teach Ocon. Yeah. I think Seb's going to be a lot more willing to give him some help, I, give him some tips. I knew you were going with that straight away. And it's, it's the complete opposite, I guess, where like Seb will want to teach not just Lance, but the the engineers. Like yeah. you you mentioned it earlier when he was um, stood watching the 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 quality from the side of the track. He loves this sport and he he knows this sport inside out. Um, so he'll do whatever he can to to stay in it. And even uh, when he was a Ferrari, he would stay behind and help mm. the mechanics. And he knew he knew the ins and outs of that car. He knows how it works. He's one of the most knowledgeable people in Formula One about how yeah. the cars actually work. So I can't see how you know he won't help them. Mm. And I think, I mean, testing, you don't really take too much from lap times in testing, all this sandbagging and who's actually struggling and who's actually fast. But they looked, it looked like a decent car to drive. There wasn't too much 
um, fighting the car and things. It looks and they and the both both of them came out looking quite happy with themselves, which I think they know that there's space in that car. So there's there's potential for you know if you had some um, interesting races, there's, there's potential for pushing podiums on that on that car. Well, you mentioned there that testing obviously you can't read too much into. Last season, Racing Point ended really, really strong. I know it's a rebrand Aston Martin, but do they look as though they're just going to carry it on and be one of the, I mean, what was it, fourth place finish last year? Do you think that they can really push to be the basically the best of the rest? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they've got um, another team that has kept um, faith of the same personnel in terms of um, sort of off the track. Um they started last year quite well with uh, um, at, at the Austrian Grand Prix, and they tailed off a little bit and finished it really strong. Finished last year really strong. So if they can take that into this year, then they could easily um, do really well. Yeah, I think you've seen Drive to Survive. Otmar is, you know, really determined. He really backs the team. He's been there for almost a decade now, I think. They've got the backing of the money. They've got the drivers there. I don't see why they can't do very well. Yeah, it's a really exciting team. Now, moving on, we've mentioned before about driver lineups being exciting. I think this one's probably the most exciting for off-the-track reasons. McLaren with Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo. What can we expect from them? They finished third last year. I thought Norris and Sainz both had really good years. Ricciardo comes in. Norris stays there, has another year under his belt. Are they going to be the team to beat for these teams that can't compete with the likes of Red Bull and Mercedes? think so. think so. I mean... I think Ricardo can't really believe his luck that he did this at the start of the season and he managed to take that seat from Sainz. He's switched to Ferrari. Uh, I think that driver lineup, like you say, I'm not sure whether it's a PR, you know, PR guy's heaven or PR guy's hell. Mm. Uh, they should be quite interesting. Well, judging by drive to survive, I think if it was Ferrari, it'd be a PR hell. But I think McLaren, yeah. they seem to be a bit more of a, you know, if you think something's funny, don't be afraid to laugh. Yeah, I think there's something very different about this McLaren and the McLaren we've seen over the last sort of 10 or 20 years or so, they seem to really have bought into this forward thinking and, and, and social and, you know, building a brand. And I think they understand the importance of that. I think Lando has done well. He did had a really good year last year. Danny's had maybe not the car that he deserved to have. I think he's one of the best drivers on the grid. So it's a massively exciting thing. And I think the most exciting thing about that McLaren is the fact that he's got a Mercedes horse in the back. I think on that note as well, I think uh, from watching Drive to Survive, Zach Brown, I actually really like him. I think mm. he comes across as one of the best on the grid. He seems really level-headed. He knows what he's doing. He keeps control of the team. He's not one of the most you know, technically knowledgeable of all the team bosses, but he really knows how to run a team and run it well. And I really think they've, you know, they've got a really good chance of getting third this year. Yeah, it's, it's a great team all round, I think. Yeah. And it's, um, they had a great year finishing third. And I think they'll, they'll be looking up as opposed to... I don't think they'll be looking at this year thinking, oh, let's just finish third. They'll be looking at this year and saying how much of a push they can they can get towards uh, Red Bull and Mercedes. Yeah, I mean, historically, they've been a team at the front of the grid. Mm -hmm. They've won multiple, multiple Constructors' Champions, World Titles. I think they'll want to get back there. Well, just looking at their results from last year as well, there's only a couple of times that they their drivers didn't finish in the points as well. So they are a very consistent team. And like I said, with Daniel Ricciardo coming in, who is one of the better drivers who isn't named uh, Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, and Max Verstappen, hmm. that, that to me, it looks as though it's a team that isn't just going to be like, right, okay, let's make sure that we beat Aston Martin, we beat Alpine. It's a team that says, right, let's close the gap. Yeah, they're the team that need to be, the, for them to have a successful year this year, they need to be the team that is there if something happens to those three. Because mm. I, I personally, we, we'll move on to this, um, other stuff later, but think that it'll still we'll still looking at a, at a year of 
we expect to see those three on the podium of every race. Mm-hmm. If they're not, then McLaren need to be that team that, that are filling those gaps. Yeah, and I'd be surprised if they weren't. I think we're going to yeah, see same. some good battles between Norris, Ricardo, Verstappen this year. 100%. Well, we'll move on to our penultimate team and probably the team that I'm most excited for, for one reason and one reason only, Sergio Perez. I was so happy that he got that seat over Albon. Nothing against Albon. I just thought that Perez, his time in the sport wasn't done. He deserved to have one chance at being in a good team. How excited are you to see him in a Red Bull? I'm really, really excited. He had an incredible year last year and... We we've we spoke about it at the end of last year, saying that if he didn't get a drive for this year, it would have been an absolute travesty. He's got one, and he hasn't just got a drive. He's got a very very strong team um, to drive for, and I don't think I don't I can't see him struggling in any way like the Red Bull second driver has done over the last few years. He's not going to be there as a second driver. I don't think he'll. I mean, he might be technically, but it's he's going to go and he's going to have his own point to prove. We know how talented how talented he is. We know how good he is as looking after his tires, which the Red Bull has been as well. So it's a nice partnership with that. So I think it's um, it's a it's a massively exciting um, pairing. Yeah, you've got two very quick drivers there. Two great. I mean, his racecraft is probably one of the best on the grid, outside of maybe Lewis's. I think it's insane that he hasn't had a seat like this before. To think he's been at um, Force India for all those years and everything. He had um, McLaren in twenty thirteen, didn't he? Mm. But I think that just came just that little bit too early for him yeah um but since then he's been outstanding in, in um, the force india and there was this worry that he was sort of going to drop off the grid never quite getting his chance i'm so glad he has actually gotten this chance now i think that second seat like we said it was a bit sort of cursed for a while because you had these young guys coming in who couldn't quite fit into that new team but this guy he really knows how to not just fit into a team but almost run a team at force india he was such an influential figure in that team i don't think he's going to be someone who comes in and just sort of sits down and does what he's told i think he's going to you know be really vocal really help them to you know try and take that fight to mercedes a bit more and there's two drivers on the grid together i think they really will take that fight to mercedes a lot more yeah and i think that win will have done so much conf- given him so much confidence the win he had Absolutely. at, uh, at saki at last year um and let's not forget max i mean max has been max was the number two last year in my opinion he had i know he didn't finish second in the championship in the end almost did but didn't um mainly because the car let him down or he you know he might have made the odd mistake but mainly because the car let him down um to think that he he didn't he dnf like four or five races last yeah, year so he retired from four and still managed to nearly take that second spot from valtteri yeah. so it's you know max has been sensational the last few years and he's if anyone's going to take that challenge to to lewis it's going to be him so that the him and checo together it's, it's a massively exciting lineup and the two of them as well if you look at it from when seb won it last in 2013 if you look at the results you look at the constructors they've you over the last few years especially they've been the second best team they've usually been top three but they've never really competed with mercedes max maybe has well, not Max, Have maybe. <laughs> Max Verstappen maybe has, not our Max, maybe. But Max has. The second driver hasn't. Sergio Perez coming in. Does this Is this the year that we see... Because last year, obviously, Lewis, he would have won the constructors on his own. Hmm. This year, that's not even going to come close with these two drivers, right? The feeling I have is that, you know, sort of last season you had, Lewis was just out in a league of his own. Then Max and Valtteri were sort of battling. And then... Uh, Albon was just behind them in the midfield. This season, I still see Lewis being out in a field on his own, 
But now they're going to have two drivers battling with Valtteri. It's not just going to be Max yeah. and Valtteri battling. It's going to be the three of those battling the way. I think even Norris and Ricardo could get in that mix. Mm. Having two drivers there to slow down Valtteri, if that makes sense, will drop him towards the McLarens. We'll have a big fight between all of them. But I still see Lewis just pulling away on his own each race. Maybe even more so because yeah. there's more drivers in that fight. This is what I was going to say. It's having two quick drivers. I mean, it remains to be seen what will happen, obviously. But having two drivers that you can rely on to compete opens the door to much... Uh, much uh, what's the word I'm looking for to completely different um, strategy options so their own, Red Bull's only strategy last year or for the last few years has been send Max and hope for the best whereas now they can use both cars to like you said back someone off into someone else or you know having the two cars gives you a much wider range of, of tactical decisions to make and I think that will only benefit Red Bull I think that's a good time to move on to the top team from last year probably the top team this year let's be fair Mercedes uh, Lewis Hamilton back on a one-year deal. We've seen it all from him. We know what to expect. We've also seen it all from Valtteri in a completely different way, thanks to Drive to Survive. Way too much. Yeah. <laughs> way too much of him. But the ass. <laughs> for them, Hamilton on this one-year deal, it almost seems as though his his mind is maybe starting to think what's after Formula One for me. But again, I don't I don't even think that even if he's got business interests coming up, where he thinks, oh, okay, because doesn't he do music? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wants to get into music. He wants to uh, win a Grammy one day, he said. But I don't even think that's going to distract him from basically saying, yeah, okay, I am going to break the record this year. Yeah, I, I, I imagine he will. I think yeah. um, you said it earlier, you expect Lewis to, to take take off in pretty much every race, and I'd agree. I, I don't see past Lewis for this year. Um, I think it's a massive, massive year for Valtteri. I think this is Valtteri's last chance of a world championship, so it'll be it, it'll it'll be really interesting to see the dynamic in the first first few races. If he comes out and really puts his elbows out, then he could maybe take it to Lewis. If he if he frustrates Lewis, Valtteri needs a season like Nico Rosberg had in 2016. That's what that's the only thing that will work for Valtteri is to try and wind Lewis up the way that Nico did. And um, I don't think he will. I think Lewis will 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 take the championship and 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 the eighth, but. Um, yeah, I mean, they'll still be at the front of the grid. Yeah, I really don't see him taking that battle to him because you think last year he only really had Max to compete with and he couldn't get past him to take that fight to Lewis. This year I see him having Max to compete with, I see him having Perez to compete with, I see him having Norris to compete with, I see him having Ricardo to compete with, I see him even having Seb to compete with in that mix. So I can't see him getting past all of them to take the fight to Lewis. I think he's going to get caught up in this completely different battle and Lewis is just going to pull away even more so. He's just going to be on the league yeah, of his own. It could easily happen. I mean, like you said, Ollie, uh, we know Lewis Hamilton and we know the Mercedes. I don't think any of us see past that. I don't think anyone listening will, will see past um, that eighth championship. And moving on beyond this year, I think it, I think it sort of lines itself up perfectly for this sort of end and era thing you know get number eight get over 100 wins 100 poles and then leave before the regulations change i think this is lewis hamilton's last year do you think as well because there's always a conversation of oh it's not him it's the car i know that loads of people after seeing george in that car thought oh just see it just proves it it's not lewis hamilton it's just the car do you think that maybe with the regulation changes hamilton goes you know what one more year where it's a bit more of a level playing field than it is right now I'm going to show them that it wasn't just the car. Do you think that it's going to be beyond this year as well? I don't think he cares if people think it's the car. No, he doesn't. Um, and to be honest, if I was Lewis Hamilton, I would leave this year with if I got eight. If I didn't get eight, that kind of changes the dynamic. If Valtteri gets it, then you know it changes the dynamic a little bit. But 
don't give in to, the people, in to that sort of it's just the car. Because if you go into next year and Mercedes are the fourth best team and he can't compete, then it, it tarnishes a little bit. Not massively, I know, but a well, little bit. It's like of Schumacher that. when Schumacher yeah. came back for those two years. If Schumacher never came back, then his legacy would be even better than it is. Mm. Um, having another sort of 50, 60 races sort of dented Schumacher's record a little bit, didn't it? But um, yeah, I'd, if I was Lewis, I, I'd be looking at this year and thinking if I win this, then then um, start looking uh, beyond it. Well, I'm all right in saying that Mercedes, both these guys are in. Hamilton obviously signed a one-year deal. Bottas signed a one-year extension. Yeah. So both these guys could be Out. off the team by the end yeah. of the year. So next year, we could be looking at a very different Mercedes. George Russell-led Mercedes team. But I think considering what that's, what, 45, 47 minutes? I think we did well to get through all 10 teams in there. Yeah, there we are. Still got a little bit of time to go. So I think... It's time for everyone's favourite thing to do at the start of any sporting calendar. Just predict things. Everyone loves that. And then we can all look back at this and all feel like idiots when they don't come through. So. Yes, yeah, so I've come in. I've written five predictions in various degrees of... Uh, Insanity. <laughs> so what, t- what tiers have you gone with? So the first, well, from fairly obvious to probably won't happen unless something crazy goes on. Okay, let's go with... Let's start off with the obvious ones. Get them out of the way because I really want to get into the uh, the ones that the, more the bold claims. I've got bold ones. I've only got bold ones. So, oh, I... so my first one is that McLaren get third in the uh, constructors. Yeah, I think that's fair. Fair. Uh, after that, I'm said that Ocon and Alonso are going to take each other out multiple times on track. Ocon will end up beating Alonso in points, and Alonso will retire. The first bit, I don't know. But the points bit, yes. Mm-hmm. I just don't see... I don't know. I feel like, you know, a few years ago when it was Ocon and Perez and they were constantly clashing on track, they, you know, they had to give team orders out to stop them, like, fighting each other. I see it being a similar dynamic to that. I don't know. I just... I can see them crashing into each other. French Grand Prix, they come around the corner, knock each other out. The it's whole very, of France is crying. It's very specific. <laughs> yeah. Just because they're a French team and French driver. <laughs> yeah, no other Grand Prix would just be France. Uh... The next one I said is that Sainz is going to get more podiums than Leclerc. Ooh. Bit out there, because Leclerc's I, very fast. It's, it's, I, hard to, it's hard to call this, this partnership, isn't it? Could but you, the thing is with I that don't one, I don't, think, mm. I don't think they're going to get many podiums, Ferrari. So I'm not thinking, you know, Sainz gets seven, Leclerc yeah. gets five. I'm thinking Maybe Sainz just gets one. two and Leclerc yeah. gets one, something like that. I don't think they're going to get many, but I think Sainz is going to be the guy to jump on that opportunity when it does come. I don't disagree with that. Mm. My next one, Mazepin will beat Schumacher. Ooh. That, that one, that, firstly, that's not going to go down with people. Go down well with people listening. No, no, people people don't like to hear it, but I think he will do it. And I think it'll be damaging for Schumacher if he does. Yeah. See, not that many points. I don't think similar to the. It might just be race state, finishes, I don't think yeah. they're going to get many points, but I think he will. Uh, might just be on he will actually finish, just yeah. come out on top. I think Schumacher could come out and quali. But I don't know. I can see him dropping back in races, and and Mazepin just having that little bit extra fight that you need in Formula One to just no you know, push his way through to those little spots every now and then. No, no, yeah, no and then intended. the last one is very out there. When I talked to my friend, he uh, was asked if I was drunk. <laughs> I said Hulkenberg is going to score more points than at least three drivers. Well, what you think? Oh, I. Mm. That one is out there. Yeah. So you think Hulkenberg's basically going to be the same as last year? It's like, just keep your phone by you. We might need you. I think Hulkenberg is going to score more points than at least three drivers. 
goodness me. I mean, I suppose this is a good one to clip up to put on social media to tease after one. I was going to say that this yeah. ideas are swirling around in my head for that one. No, I, I, I like it. I like it. I like that sort of. Yeah, goal, goal. I absolutely love Hulkenberg. I really want that to happen. I just, I don't know if, no. Last year he wasn't on the grid, and I think he beat eight drivers. Hmm. So, we'll see. We'll see. Stranger things have happened. Is that all yours? Those are, those are my five predictions. Okay. Right, Joe, let's go with your bold ones. I've got four. And the biggest one that I'm not massively confident about is Bottas to win the World Championship. No. <laughs> I think Bottas has to aim sorry, for that sorry, this year. Bottas. Sorry, but Bottas. But there's, there's no way. Uh, yeah, it's, it's that sort of stemmed from the Bottas um, drive to survive episode and, uh, and the fight that I, you can see in him. Um, and I like well, you can see, yeah, not left much to the imagination, um, but yeah, I think it's a huge year for him. And I, mm. I, in his last year with Mercedes, and you know, likelihood is it'll be Lewis. But um, my I'll, worry is that we've I'd seen like that see. in the past two seasons of Drive to Survive as well. Mm. I feel every season you have the Bottas episode where he goes, oh, you know, I've really kind of oh, this year I'm going to get yeah. my head down and take the flight to him. And Australia, you go, oh wow, he could actually do this, and then. There we are. So that's my that's my happens. least likely to come true, I think. The rest of them, maybe. So I got McLaren to win a race. Yeah. Yeah. I I so, don't you know, think it, that's too bold, to be honest. I think I that. think um, you know it could it could be another monster. It could be a you know it could it could uh, that's one of them. Another Shui to come. Yeah. And then yeah, I didn't dictate. I didn't say which driver. So mm. we'll uh, we'll uh, leave that one open. I got Fernando to get a podium. Okay. Ooh. Mm. I. Mm. Don't no, I don't. I, I no. don't know if I'm behind that one. Okay. No, I'm gonna say no to that one. Okay, and then I've got Lance to outscore Vettel. Say it ain't so. Ooh. I I refuse to put that energy into the universe. <laughs> I think that's one of those ones that I don't want to believe. I don't want to believe that. I don't want to either. I love Seb. And, Seb's and getting a world. He's winning the title this no. year. <laughs> this is his year. I'll just change this one to Seb wins the title. Seb world title, please. Um, yeah. I love Seb and, and it's going to be great to see him back and enjoying Formula One again. But uh, Lance has been in that team for a while now mm -hmm. with those mechanics, with his team. You know, it's uh, they might have been rebranded, but it's essentially the same team. If Seb loses, I'm just going to say that uh, Lawrence has given Lance a better car. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Lance to outscore Vettel. Yeah. I don't want, I don't to, want to believe it, but no. it's, it's all right. It's a good prediction. I mean, the more I think about it, the more I think about it, the more I think, actually, you might be onto something there, but it's also like, I don't want you to be. I think my, my most likely to come true is McLaren to win a race. Yeah. And then then I'd say Lance to be Bell. Yeah, I, I don't think that McLaren win a race is too bold. I think that, that you know, all it takes is for a DNF for Lewis, maybe some damage to Valtteri or the other way around, or even both of them to DNF. Mm. I think that McLaren winning the race is very, very likely. I think they should be aiming for that this year, to be honest, after the year they had last year and the mm. Mercedes engine. And, and I think it's um, I think it's something that they're probably targeting, to be honest. I think I haven't prepared any, but I've just thought of one. My bold one, Hamilton wins championship. That's not bold. Bottas fourth. That Behind is. Verstappen and Perez. Yeah, I see I mean, that I more see, than him winning yeah. the title. Yeah, I think we all see that. Yeah, but it's. Um, I think you can say Bottas just, to score no points is more likely than him winning the title. I think, I think Bottas to be both Red Bulls, maybe not, but um, it's it's close. I mean, it's, mm. I think at least one of them has beaten him. Oh, Matt, I, I would say so. Yeah, Max last year with four at DNFs. 
If you'd have said Max to nearly beat him. If you'd have said Max to beat Bars, I'd completely agree with you. I think you will. Mm. But I think Perez, I, I listened to him on another podcast, which I'm not going to name because no free ads. But <laughs> I think that he's coming in with a good mindset. Mm. He, he seems confident. to be quite relaxed, very confident. confident. Yeah. I think that he's going to basically come out and just, he's going to solve that second seat curse. It's nothing to lose versus everything to lose, isn't it? Mm, exactly. Perez has come in there. He's had years of proving himself. I think he knows that he's just got a seat now, you know, drive as well as you can and mm. just do your best. Mm. Whereas Bottas is sort of like, I have to do it now or never. Yeah. It's his last chance to which show could be the, Which could be the undoing of him, you know, and he yeah, could I well th- finish I think fourth. It will. And could well finish fourth, could even finish even lower than that if he has a really bad year, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, fair enough. Well, get in touch on Twitter. At is that your only one? Well, yeah, it's the only one I've got. Okay. Thanks you for ruining the outro. Get in touch on Twitter at WinningFormPod with your predictions for the 2021 season. We are going to be back next Thursday with another episode. Thank you very much for listening. Max, Joe, thank you very much for joining me. And we'll see you next Thursday.